0: Welcome to Conversations with Ann Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with the lovely Brooke Rosenfeld, a registered dietitian that started out interested in studying history, but went back to her childhood roots where focusing on health and activity was a priority. After working in clinical dietetics during a pandemic, she realized this was not where she wanted to practice for the rest of her career. She found the job she loves and ignites her dietitian passion as the senior registered dietitian for NBS. Please enjoy my conversation with Brooke. Please, let's, you know, why we we digging? Let's go back um, to kind of get started and to get everybody introduced to you. Take me back to when you found dietetics or found nutrition or when did your interest start? That's a great question. So
1: I have always been interested in eating You know, well, I'll say quote unquote healthy. I'm sure we'll go down that road at some point. Um, But, you know, I grew up with a very fit mother um, and she always emphasized the importance of eating lots of fruits and vegetables. um, And she always emphasized as well exercise. So she always made it a point to have my brother and I play outside like pretty much every day, you know, weather dependent. Um, She (laughs) she actually used to let us rollerblade in the house. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, probably not the best idea as far as, like, making the house look nice. But she didn't care. She just wanted us to have fun and, like, get our energy out and stuff. So it was really fun. And I'm sure she'll listen to this at some point and probably laugh. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I had initially gone to school because I didn't even know, like, you could become a dietitian. Um, And I had always been interested in like, you know, fitness and stuff like that. But I didn't really think of making it a profession. I just didn't. So I had initially gone to school. uh, I thought I wanted to be a history teacher. um, Oh, (laughs) actually, (laughs) way different. Oh, totally. So I had gone to school and I was kind of just like majoring in like, nothing like what humanities, right, or something like Mm -hmm. that. And I was like, I want to become a dietitian. And I don't remember when that clicked or when I even like thought that that was a consideration. I realized the school I was going to um, didn't offer that. So I went back to community college and I took all the prerequisites I needed. um, And then I got accepted to a school. I got I got accepted to Rutgers um, that did have mm. the program and I went there and I learned a lot and I loved it. Um, and yeah, I was so happy that I got accepted to, th- to that school, to that program. And then I'm sure you remember how fun it was to apply to internships and like <laughs> the nail biting and the, Oh my you know, gosh. Oh my God. Right. I mean, the worst. I will never forget <laughs> the day we all found out, you know, who got accepted and who didn't, like I was so fortunate enough to have been accepted to an internship program. And like so many of the girls and I say girls, cause I think there might've been one guy in my class, mm, <laughs> but yeah. you know um, you know, most of us didn't get accepted places. I was so grateful that I did, but that was a, not a fun day for a lot of people. And unfortunately there were so many limited spots as you know. Yeah. Um but anyway, yeah. So got into the internship program and then pretty much have spent most of my time in clinical up until COVID. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so
0: clinical, did you always kind of want to do
1: clinical? I am that- so sorry. That is No, my that's dog. okay. Is oh. that your puppy? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> She must hear someone. And I am so sorry about no, that. No, that's <laughs>
0: fine. We love pets on the
1: podcast. Oh, so my no well, worries. Um, Luna <laughs> is making an appearance right now. Um, Hello, Luna. <laughs> so anyway, I am so sorry. No, um, it's fine. <laughs> so I, am, I actually forgot what you had just asked me because oh, my dog just startled me. <laughs>
0: So when you were kind of in your internship, did you always kind of have a passion for clinical or what led you to that kind of your first step for your career?
1: So it's funny, I find in most programs that they don't even really emphasize anything outside of clinical And that was something that really frustrated me. So I didn't really know that there were other options. Like I thought, oh, like, okay, like maybe I can work with a sports team or like athletes or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't realize that there were so many avenues for dietitians. So I kind of just fell into clinical because that's where pretty much all of my um, rotations were in my internship. And I just got a job Actually, during my internship, the place I was interning hired me. um, So I just had been in clinical since then and I didn't really know what was out there.
0: That's interesting because you
1: would think, like,
0: you would think that with all the things that are out there now, that they would be talking more about that in internships.
1: You would think. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like i and and that really frustrates me i had actually looked outside of you know um my schooling and became certified by precision nutrition because i was like i don't really want to focus on just clinical i really want to learn more about how to help people in the real world because i really feel like that's where we can make the most impact and i feel like a lot of dietitians like aren't really given the opportunity to Learn so much about dealing with like the general population in a instead lot of, of yeah, it,
0: yeah, kind of instead of the whole pre- like the more focused stuff like clinical or like food service or like all of those areas, yes. like not just the general population, exactly. Um, um, that's amazing that you went and did the precision nutrition. Like, how did you, like, what you know, because you had that passion, you're like, I need to learn more about just the general population? Like, how did you navigate? Like, this is a good program for me to do to kind of help me with those skills.
1: Um, I had been introduced to John Berardi, who I guess was the founder of Precision Nutrition. And I was like, well, if he, I, I mean, I didn't meet him in person. One of my friends had <laughs> told me, I wish I did. But one, of, <laughs> one of my friends had been like, hey, you should look into John Berardi. And this was so many years ago. And I like, just I love his writing. I love his content. It's very like practical, real world applicable. And I was like, Oh, my God, he offers a certification, I'm totally gonna get it. So that's how I fell into that. Interesting. That's I think that's a really good point to bring up maybe for
0: other dietitians that feel the same way you do, you know, like, hey, I'm not getting that good applicable information for the general public. And why not do something like that outside of dietetics?
1: Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, um, and I mean, I feel like much of the content that I really felt passionate about, like, you know, from years back, like, I was really always into Lane Norton's content, like, mm-hmm. I really, I really like that, like, I'm really interested in, like, the whole, like, fitness side of things as well, um, which, also, I did get my personal training certification too. Um, oh, good for you! Yeah, thank you. I really haven't used it much at all, but I just wanted to get that certification because, of course, the two go hand in hand. And I'm also really into lifting weights and stuff too. And I'm very, you know, passionate about in sh- you know telling people that they should be incorporating strength training into their daily routine. Um, so. I, I had gotten that certification as well. I feel like I'm babbling a lot. <laughs> no, you're good.
0: No, you're just fine. I know. Sometimes when you're like, I'm the only one talking, let's, that's what this podcast is about, girl. So you just have to roll with <laughs> it. <laughs> oh. But I love that you took it upon your, see, I think like a lot of us that go through school, we're like, oh, I'm going to be a dietitian. This is it. This is all that I'm going to do. And yeah, some people might get a personal training certificate, but it's like you're doing it because first of all, you're passionate about it yourself. You personally apply it to your own life, but then you know that this is going to somewhere fall in line with your profession in the future, right?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm always like, you know, I'm always like reading books and like trying to keep up with current research. And um, I actually have been, um, some of my old colleagues that I worked with in the clinical realm will send dietitians to me, like give them my contact information so I can like talk to them a little bit of life outside of clinical, um, mm-hmm. which I really like because I, again, like I had been saying, I didn't really know that there, I I just planned on doing clinical for like the rest of my life to be honest with you. I really (laughs) did. I mean, listen, I, I loved, I, I genuinely love the elderly. I truly do. Um, and I think they're adorable. Um, but I don't like the way that nursing homes are run. Um, hospitals too. I'm not the biggest fan You know, these poor people are in bed most of the time, or you know, wheelchair bound. They don't get exercise. They don't get fresh air. Um, They don't really have visitors. It's very sad. I can't even imagine what it's like with COVID. Yeah, Uh, you know, heartbreaking and like heartbreaking. Oh, it's so it's so heartbreaking. Um, and so you know, I and you don't really you're you're not really able to do much for someone at the end of their life. I mean, in my opinion, at that point in someone's life, if you're like 90 years old, I don't care what you want to eat. You eat whatever (laughs) you want. (laughs) Yes. Like, if you wanted to only eat ice cream and Twinkies, I'm all for it. Because you are at the end of your life. Enjoy
0: it, you know? Yes. That's why I don't think I could work in a nursing home setting because I would just let everybody eat whatever they wanted. Oh, I
1: I did. And I did. (laughs) Did And the doctors, you know, the doctors and the nurse practitioners, they'd be like, oh, like, why are you? And I'm like, because they're like 90. Are you kidding me? Like, leave them alone. This is all they
0: have. And that's, you know, food's a big part of their the end of life stages. So that's the
1: one enjoyment they have. So let them have it. Exactly. And you know what, if it comes down to it, if that's going to help them get some form of calories in, (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm all for it. So <laughs> uh,
0: same. I totally agree with you on that. We are same page. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> well, that, and I think that's great that your past clinical relationships have led them to feel confident to refer other dietitians and other professionals to you to help them with the same way of thinking and practicing.
1: Oh, I love it. And you know, I really enjoyed when I was working in a clinical setting, I would train a lot of dietitians. Um, and, to try and like open their eyes to like how important it is to really as much as you can, given the constraints of these facilities, like, you know, treat the individual and try and make them as happy as possible and make their plan of care as individualized as you can. Um, But yes, I, I am definitely glad I'm not in that setting anymore because it was quite depressing to be honest with you.
0: Well, thank goodness uh, clinical for the rest of your life <laughs> did <Do> not happen.
1: <laughs> I really thought that was going to be me. I did. Um, and so I'm much happier with, you know, the clientele that I work with now, for sure. Um, you know, like general population, um, people wanting to just improve their health and, you know, lose weight and feel good, you know. Mm-hmm. So what you said
0: that clinical was happened. So what when did it transition for you to go from clinical to your current role?
1: Well, basically COVID did it, to be honest. Um, you know, when COVID hit, uh, I was like, I am not going into the nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I hate to, you know, I had um, basically transitioned out of my job. I was working remotely for them until they could find someone to take my place. Um, okay. because I just wasn't comfortable going in. Um, so I did that for quite a while and, you know, essentially was doing, I, you know, private practice. And I never even thought that I would do that. But COVID kind of like lit a Propel- fire. Me. Yeah, like lit a fire under my butt. And I was just <laughs> like, I got to do something. So I started taking on private clients. Like I learned like all the, you know, different Things that I needed to do. I actually um, did a coaching course with Tony Stefan. So mm-hmm. I like I love him, um, and I you know really appreciate what he did for people like me who had basically just clinical backgrounds. Like he teaches you how to set everything up, like through the back ends and everything. Um, and gave me like the tools I needed to start taking people. Cause I really had no idea where to start, to be honest with you.
0: Um, and you just need someone that says, here's step one, here's step 10. This is what you need to do.
1: Yeah. And honestly, like, I wish that that program that he has was offered like in schools like that should be a course that dietitians should have to take seriously
0: it's not a bad idea, but you know, that's never going to happen. You know? No, I
1: know. I mean, <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, it was mind blowing to me. Like it's, it's a great, you know, program. And I give him a lot of credit for like, you know, where I'm at right now. I mean, it was really eye opening for me and super helpful. Um, so I'm, I'm really you know, fortunate that I got to do that program. Um, And it came at such an important time when I knew that I needed to make this big change and I had no idea how to do it. So it it was like tremendously helpful for me.
0: Well, that's good to know. And that's good for any dietician, maybe in the same situation that you are, that you were. That you need to find those kind of people, maybe not looking in those dietetic professional places, but looking to other dietitians to see what resources they have and expertise they have in making that transition.
1: I would recommend him to anybody who is in a similar situation or who just wants to like, you know, level up in like a private practice and really know like what you need to do from like the Mm -hmm. bottom up. I also love that you
0: talked about your own personal, like, I'm not going to do this as a profession with COVID. Like, I think, you know, that's not a bad thing to say, because I feel like there's a lot of other people that were very similar that felt similar to you. Like, I don't want to risk this whole situation to go into a job that I can't say I'm 100% invested in.
1: Yeah. And like, on top of it, you know, I have ulcerative colitis, and I was like, you know, I was like, Oh, my God, like, how is this? If I did get it, you know, mm-hmm. what's gonna happen to me? And, and, you know, I not only that, my commute was like two hours. And then on top, uh, <laughs> on top what? of that, yeah, like two <laughs> hours a day in the car. And like, I was just like, uh, ah. no. thank um, you. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. Um, so I just I was scared. And I was like, this is just not and, and, of course, like, you know, we've been living with COVID now for, what, two years, which is insane mm-hmm. to me. But at the time, I was, like, petrified. And I know a lot of people were. Mm. Um, but I was just, like, I, I can't work in that environment. Like, so, yeah, big changes. It was
0: just the catalyst to help you realize that that's not the place you wanted to be forever.
1: Absolutely. And without it, like, as much as COVID sucked, Like, a lot of really good things, I feel, have come from it. Um, I know a lot of horrible things have come from it. But, you know, I am thankful for where I'm at now. And I don't think that I would be here right now, um, you know, doing, like, having a job that I, like, love without Mm -hmm. COVID. (laughs) That's You know what, though? That's okay. Because, like you said, there has to be
0: some... The rainbow comes after the storm, right? So for everybody has their own personal experience with it. And that's just been yours. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so I, I try to see positives in things. And sometimes it's not easy for me to do that. But I really do try. And COVID has been, it's been like a whirlwind. But like, a lot of it has been very good. And I'm very thankful for where I'm at right now.
0: So after your, the education that you received through Tony, what was kind of your first steps? What was kind of your vision for where you were going to go with your profession?
1: You know, I all I know is that I wanted to make sure that I was giving people sound advice that was practical, easy to apply, that they would get the steps they need to not only lose weight but maintain their weight loss like I'm really big on that mm-hmm. um I'm really big on just yeah like practical like no bs advice and it's funny because I had come across the the job I have now um and I I applied and they hired me and I became their like head dietitian nbs and and it's funny because their philosophy is nbs stands for no bullshit and i'm sorry if i can't curse nope, on your you can do that it's totally fine oh okay wonderful i curse <laughs> yes. a lot so that's good to know perfect let it, go, let it fly <laughs> sister <laughs> but it's it's so funny because like the company stands for no bullshit And I was just like, this is like, this is me. Like, and, and I was just like so happy to become part of this company that, um, Bradley, the CEO, like we share a lot of the same ideas. We get along really well. Um, I really like their approach. So like, you know, finding him and being able to work with him over the past year has been awesome for me. Um, I love it. Like I, I, I never thought I'd be able to say that I love my job. That is, Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Oh my God. No. And like, seriously, I never thought that I would like let those words like leave my mouth because I never really could say that. Um, But it's just, you know, we stand for the same stuff and it feels so good to be working for a company and a cause that you stand behind so firmly Um, like I wake up every day and I'm excited to work.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. And that, and you get to be authentic. Like you get to be the dietitian that you want to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I truly feel that way. And like that's, and we promote sustainable weight loss. We don't eliminate foods. We teach people that they can eat anything as long as they, are within a calorie deficit and we teach them that balance. And I love it. I just love it. So I
0: always think about, and I I love your approach that you have on your social media. Like Like you said, all foods, every food that you can imagine you can eat. So I really like, so I feel like weight loss is very controversial, right? It sure is. we, (laughs) We go from this extreme of you don't need to lose weight. You need to be positive, healthy at every size, you know, intuitive eating. So maybe tell me how you arrived to this place as a dietitian where weight loss is fine. Calorie deficits are fine. Eating food is great. Like, you know, being a dietitian who speaks up, I'm very much on team Brooke this way because That's how I feel about weight loss. So tell me how you arrived to this place that you are comfortable
1: in this setting. This is such an amazing and also loaded question. (laughs) It Um, is kind of. (laughs) So here, I'm probably going to go off on a tangent. But this is my beef. So I, (laughs) my problem with intuitive eating and I don't know how people are going to perceive this. Um, but my, my issue is that you and I, Anne, who have studied nutrition for however many years, um, we probably can eat intuitively and we don't have to track a thing. And we pretty much know that we're going to be eating to maintain our weight. Am, am I correct but, in correct. saying that? Yeah. 100%. Yes. Right. But we have been educated for many, many years on nutrition and food science and blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. So the average person out in the world has had probably little to no education on what to eat. I think the only class that I had that even talked about nutrition was taught by a gym teacher of mine who <laughs> looked like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> um and he was just like uh yeah he's your textbook like you know and i'm like okay um great like he did not know anything about what he was talking about um mm-hmm. but so th- but that my point is is like most people have no freaking idea so if they were just told to eat intuitively how can they really do that and reach whatever goals and you know It's not a bad thing to want to lose weight. I mean, you know, the the, being overweight, you know, maybe when you're younger, you may not feel the effects right now. But as you get older, I mean, and the heavier you get, like the more risk you are at Becoming chronically ill with God knows whatever chronic diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we have to think about the long term. We have to think about,, um, you know, how do you want your quality of life to be? Do you want to be able to play with your grandkids? Do you want to be able to keep all your limbs? like i'm 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 not trying to like exaggerate. I've seen the other side. Mm -hmm. up close and personal I've seen people have limbs cut off from diabetes I've seen kidney failure like I've seen heart failure like it's a it's a real thing so I think that you know of course you can be in a bigger body and you know you can improve your health without being I'm not saying everyone needs to be a size two right but I mean, you know, I think we need to be like realistic where with where this is going to end up down the road. I think it's going to have some pretty bad consequences um, if we're not realistic. <laughs> I right. mean, uh, being obese is unhealthy. Right. Um, being too thin is unhealthy, of course, mm-hmm. too. Um, but I, you know, I I do get frustrated when dietitians are telling people to eat intuitively when they know full well that these people cannot rely on their intuition because they have no idea what is in the foods that they're eating or how to balance their meals they -hmm. don't know how much protein to eat that's going to help them feel full do you know do you know what I mean
0: yes yes it
1: really pisses me off a lot
0: (laughs) yes I'm with you on that because I I think you're right. Cause I think it kind of goes back to your whole purpose. Like you need to make it applicable to the average person. Otherwise they are not going to be able to, they're not going to succeed. And if you don't make it applicable and approachable um, without your assistance all the time, cause I feel like intuitive eat, I feel like intuitive eating is a thing that definitely needs a lot of assistance from a professional to help them really figure it out. I, Whereas yes. calorie restriction and calorie deficit is a little bit easier To kind of figure out eventually a little quicker.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the goal for anybody tracking calories is to eventually move away from that. I would never want someone to do that forever, ever, ever, ever. No, That would be horrible. It would be absolutely (laughs) freaking terrible. Um, I want all of the people I work with to eventually be like, okay, Brooke, see ya. I'm good. I can maintain my weight. I don't need to track anymore. That's Mm -hmm. what I want. But you can't do that and you can't just not learn about the foods you're eating, not learn how to balance your meals. Like you just, you have to spend some time. I mean, you listen, you don't have to, you don't have to count calories, but they always count even if you don't count them. Mm-hmm. You know, Oh, I mean, right.
0: That's a really, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you always
1: well, count I, even though you don't count them. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many, like I have worked with people that don't want to track calories. They're not up for it. It seems overwhelming to them. And there are behavioral things that you can focus on, of course. Um, And, you know, thereby reducing your calorie intake. But the more precise way to do it is to track. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, I understand it's not for everybody. And I happen to think that an intuitive eating approach would be great for someone who has an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. that would be appropriate. But for someone who wants to just improve their health and lose weight, uh, who has no background of like an eating disorder or anything like that, they're going to learn a lot. They're going to build awareness from tracking their calories. Um, And I think that that's what people need to keep in mind. And I actually had seen someone in a Facebook group today, like, saying how, you know, it was actually an intuitive eating dietitian who this woman had asked, you know, what she should do to lose weight. Um, And she had say, said that she wants to learn how to track macros. And then this intuitive eating dietitian had said, um, you know, oh, well, do you really see yourself tracking your food all day? And she made it seem like it was this laborious, horrible process. Um, mm-hmm. And I had initially was like, should I get into an argument right now? Because I kind (laughs) of like getting into arguments with people on Facebook groups I've found, um, which is not, you know, whatever, but it is what it is. Like, I get frustrated because in reality, as with anything in life that we're not used to doing, it, there's a learning curve. Mm -hmm. But in time, you will become much more efficient at it, and you can get it down to minutes every day. So to make it seem like it's this daunting, horrible thing, in the hopes of, of course, getting this person to sign up for your program, right? kind right. of pisses me off.
0: Yes, but and how that's not any different of putting in the work into learn to eat intuitively versus learning to eat you know with your macros it's going to be the same amount of an energy expenditure when it comes
1: to I that. mean yeah but like the you know the thing is and I agree with you but the thing is is like with intuitive eating like are you learning about what's in your food? Yeah. Not That's the that's really. the caveat. Yeah, not at all. And I also feel like, you know, and I hope I don't upset any intuitive eating dietitians by saying this, but I feel like some of the people that promote intuitive eating aren't really putting it into practice the way that it was intended. Um, in some ways I feel like they, like I've heard the founders of it or the, the women, the dietitians who started it and I've listened to them on podcasts and like, um, I, I actually have their book too. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. read it, but I at some point had intended to look it over. Um, but I feel like I've heard them speak and I've like, you know, watched videos that they've put out and stuff. And I feel like sometimes like their message might get a little misconstrued. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I have a lot to say on that
0: subject. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's, it's just a good, I think it's a good place. I mean, of course we could talk about this forever, but I feel like we need to be able as dietitians to. Yes, there's going to be intuitive eating dietitians. But yes, there's also going to be dietitians that do, like you, that like to focus on calorie counting and macro counting. And both ways, there's a place for both ways. Absolutely. And we need to be okay in our profession with saying, yep, that works for that person. But this might also work for someone else.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I might not be the dietitian for everybody. Um, And I understand that my approach may not be for everybody. And um, I do have an issue when people, though, attack you for promoting Mm -hmm. weight loss. Yes. Like, I have a big problem with that.
0: Which I feel like there's more of that out there within our profession. I feel like there's a lot of people attacking dietitians who are who do specialize in weight loss and that's what they focus on.
1: And I'm going to be really honest with you for a while. I was so nervous about putting out content (laughs) that would trigger someone. Mm. I was like, Oh, I'm going to get so much blowback from this, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, no, (laughs) this is what I believe in. I was (laughs) like, you know, there are people that need my help. Mm. And, uh, I feel like the way that I put out my content is pretty, like, PC, um, you know, and I think that to, to make someone feel bad in any way for wanting to improve their health, which may include losing weight, is just not okay.
0: That's very profound because it's not. You're right, and I like that, and you do a great job. Like, you're, you're very educational, so you always give your viewers and your listeners and your clients just tangible information that's will help them make educated decisions on their own.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. I do. Yes. (laughs) I I really
0: believe just like even your, you mentioned protein earlier and how people don't understand about protein. And I think you do a great job just giving people the education of why protein is so important. That's kind of been, I saw that's kind of been a focus of yours lately. And I really, that's what people want in that weight loss space.
1: Oh, yeah. And people don't realize and how powerful protein is. Um, and I, I know in school, like as dietitians, we're kind of taught to like, have people, you know, eat the like basic, like bare bones amount of protein. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> you're so right. Like have uh, 60 grams. That's not going to do
1: anything. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, yeah, like, I mean, you're not going to feel full. Um, -hmm. and like most people are afraid of eating too much protein and I'm like, oh my God, no. And like, I'd love to like help them, you know, kind of see the light, you know what I mean?
0: Yes. It's so important. And I even think about, I mean, I'm definitely much older than you, but like, even as I age, I'm just like, I know I need more protein. And I really, I kind of feel like as a younger dietitian, I probably did a disservice to a lot of my clients because I didn't realize how much protein they that we actually do need. So I love that you're educating on that.
1: Oh, thank you. And uh, honestly, uh, <laughs> I didn't really realize how much protein we needed until I started educating myself outside of my traditional schooling, honestly, mm-hmm. um, because, like I said, in school, like we were taught, I feel very incorrect amounts. Like, yes, it's like yes. A bare, like bare bones, but we need far more than that, especially as we age. Yeah, so I'm very yeah. big on that. I love that. I love that. And
0: I love that you found a business that aligns with just the way that you like to practice as a dietitian, because that's not an easy task sometimes.
1: Oh my God. I I, I literally am thankful every day for my job because I love it so much. Um, it's, it's so fun for me and it's great to feel passionate about it. And that's why like any chance I get, if a dietitian is thrown my way or has questions, like I love to talk to them about out, like life outside of clinical, um, because <laughs> you really, write a book. oh my God, there's a, <laughs> <out> there, <laughs> there's a whole world out there, and there's <laughs> a whole
0: world out there. So what does your day-to-day kind of look like with it's NBS,
1: right? Yes. So it's, you know, we do, um, We are like all virtual. Like we do texting with our clients. We do check-ins twice a week. Um, It's pretty cool. Um, So I have like almost 50 clients right now. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, God. like, and I love it. No, I love it. We, you know, I get to spend time like doing content. I get to check in with them twice a week. We do. Um, we have a great um, Facebook community for our clients. Uh, very supportive, um, and you know, I, I just, I love it. We do like a weekly office hours with them, where they can come like ask questions live. Like, it's super oh, fun. Nice. Yeah, it's 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 really awesome. It's such a fun atmosphere. And where is, is
0: it, so is there an office space? Like, I guess, like, you know, when you think about the virtual office, um, I'm assuming that your boss is not located in the same area that you are, so. He's in
1: California. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So completely but, opposite side of the United States. Yeah. Um, and actually, like, I haven't met him in person yet. Like, we obviously talk oh on video all the yeah. time. But he's going to be coming to my wedding in June. Um, oh, so good. I'll get to meet him in person then. You'll get to meet, that's so funny. I'll get to meet my boss at my wedding. To about <laughs> yeah.
0: A year and a half after I start working for him. <laughs> I, feel
1: like, I feel like I know him, like, in person already. Like, just because, like, we talk so much. But I haven't yeah. actually been able to see him in person For like over a year that I've worked with him. It's the time we live in, isn't it? It's just, that's how it is. (laughs) It's crazy. And he does have a headquarters. Like he has an office. Okay. Um, But yeah, my office is in my house. World. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's so cool that you're reaching
0: just a whole vast variety of, you know, clients from across. the so Are you just in the United
1: States or are you all over the, the well, world? I or? think, um, like, I've had uh, clients in Canada before. I know we've had members in Mexico and I think oh, we've cool. had members in England before. Oh, wow. So sky's the limit. You yeah. could
0: be reaching tons of people. That's so neat. I love that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It really is. So what does the kind of future look like for you? What do you see yourself doing in the future? Kind of the same thing growing this business. It sounds like it's pretty new and it sounds like you're a very integral part of it.
1: Um, I definitely can't wait to see what this company does. Um, you know, like I said, I was so honored when I was uh, made the like the lead dietitian, like the senior dietitian, whatever in the company. Um, I like, I love it and I can't wait to see where we go. Um, So, yeah. Well, I joined your Facebook group and I'm excited just to kind of be a
0: a, a stalker from the outside because I love learning from other dietitians. So I love learning from you. Oh my and God. Just, I love
1: that you're part of the community. Yeah, yes. I am.
0: So yeah, I did. You guys grew it really fast too. Like you had like 10 members and you had like over a thousand members. So yeah, yeah, that's like, really awesome. In a week. And like, honestly, <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> that speaks volumes that people are, you know, wanting this type of
1: help and content. Oh my God. I, I love it. It's, it's like, uh, I just I love my job. I don't know. (laughs) I do. I truly do. (laughs) But that's
0: another. That's why. That's why I do this podcast because I want other dietitians who listen to this to realize that there are people like you, and they can be those people that find that job that they love that aligns with their passions and where they want to educate, you know, the community, and it doesn't have to be just clinical. It doesn't have to be, you know, public health or whatever, like there's so many different avenues for us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, anyone listening, if you wanted to ask me any questions, like you can always contact me, I would be happy to answer any questions you have.
0: That's awesome. I'm going to definitely put your contact information in the show notes. And I definitely, I know that we talked earlier in the podcast that we definitely want to meet in person. I hope you meet your boss first before you meet me, because that would be really weird. But I would be happy to meet you <laughs> either way. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> But I I definitely will be, I'm definitely going to be a follower of your work because I think what you're doing is fantastic. And it definitely aligns with kind of my thought process as a dietitian. So thank you for being strong and being in this space and not giving... Not giving up or conforming to what everybody else is doing.
1: Well, thank you very much. And and I will say that anyone listening who is wanting to go into the weight loss space, do not be ashamed. It is okay to help people lose weight and feel very good about it.
0: All right. That's a great way to end the easy questions. Do you, are you ready for my hard questions? Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Uh, Tell me or share with me some
1: foods that you enjoy. Oh my God. (laughs) All of them. Well, well, okay. So if I had to pick my favorite foods, it would, I mean, ice cream. I, I guess, you know what? Ice cream is my favorite. Food. <laughs> Ice cream. thats You know what? That's a food group in its own, right? I feel like it is. It's a very <laughs> special food. Um, and that is definitely my favorite for sure. I mean, that and I don't know, I guess coffee. Ice coffee. cream and coffee are like two of my favorite things in the whole world.
0: Well, I feel like if you have 50 clients, you need some coffee in your life. Oh, dear.
1: absolutely. Coffee <laughs> and uh, Pepsi Zero. <laughs> Ooh. that's you know
0: i haven't I don't, i'm not a big soda drinker but i haven't had a soda in a while and i had a pepsi zero and they are delicious
1: oh my <laughs> god they are so good and i know like nicole loves diet coke she does she does i love diet pepsi i won't pass up a diet coke but i'm always gonna go for the, the pepsi. pepsi option yeah <laughs> it's
0: all right it tastes good i i am fan totally fan. oh so good uh, what about, well, beverages, now that leads us into our next question, beverages that you enjoy, Diet Pepsi and coffee, anything else that you enjoy outside of those two? Well, milkshakes. milkshakes <laughs> made with ice cream, of course. Absolutely.
1: Do you have a favorite kind of ice, like a favorite flavor of ice oh cream boy. or all of them? Oh my goodness. So my favorite ice cream comes from a farm near me and um, it is, it's like a, vanilla custard actually so it is like next level ice cream I'm sure you've had custard before yes yes that is like uh, the best vanilla custard with rainbow sprinkles that is my go-to
0: and it's from a farm and it's from a local farm close to you so you know that milk is deliciously fresh and amazing
1: not yes and not only that when you go there you can like watch like the goats and the pig and oh fun they're hanging out so I love it That's a great atmosphere.
0: (laughs) What about scents or smells that you enjoy?
1: So two. So um, my mom is a hairstylist. um, So I always, like when I was younger, I'd hang out at her salon and I would just smell all the different hair products. Mm. um, You know, in the air because they're just like floating in the air. So I love the smell of certain hair products. Um, I know that's probably kind of weird.
0: No, um, I totally get it. There's something about the smell of a salon, though. It just has it. I totally, I can smell it right now. It oh, my God. There. Yeah, it's
1: like it's very like nostalgic for me. Um, sure. And I also love lavender. Like that mm. to me is like one of the most nice, like calming, beautiful smells ever.
0: Have you ever been to like a lavender field? before? Uh,
1: I live near one. Do you? Okay. I was like, that's like epic when you go to the
0: lavender field. It's
1: it's beautiful. There's like bees everywhere. Like, like, oh my God. Like it's, it's such a beautiful place. And it's it's like like five minutes from me. Oh, I hope you stop there often. (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah. In the, in the warmer weather, I a hundred percent do because it's just like so nice. Like so the moment of zen, yeah. Wow,
0: you're so lucky. That's amazing. <laughs> um, what are, if you if you were not a dietitian? What do you think you might do as a profession?
1: Honestly, I would love to be a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, but the only problem is I fall asleep at like eight p.m. So I would have to only do brunches. But that could be fun, though. I mean brunch everyone's happy at brunch time I mean yeah like I tell people like I am a matinee like (laughs) I am a matinee so I'm definitely an early morning like you know daytime person and then once the nighttime comes I am like I'm done donezo oh my
0: gosh Brooke is a matinee that is the best I love that I
1: will think of that all the time now (laughs) I'm glad you like it it's so true though like it's the perfect way to describe me
0: That's amazing. I'm with you. I'm an early riser too. And I'm usually in tucked in bed by like seven 30. Like I have my blue blockers on. I'm like ready to go. And you have cats, right? I have one. Yep. I have a cat. Mm -hmm. You have a cat. I'm sure they snuggle up with you at night. Oh, yeah. She like the other night, she I she was in bed before I was she was like waiting for me. She's like, let's go. It was
1: like past seven
0: 30. And she was ready.
1: It's so funny. (laughs) My dog is the same way. Like at night. She goes on the couch and she like waits for me and Jay to like come in there and be with her and she'll just like you know she'll be like hello Let's like go. It's time. Sorry, That's cute. your
0: own little alarm clock for bedtime. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and Brooke, what brings you joy in life? Hmm. So, what brings me joy in life is honestly, like. Being with people that I love and, like, laughing and doing anything like that, at, being with them and just enjoying whatever we're doing at the time, like, doesn't, I just... doesn't have to be anything special, just being with your, with
0: those people that you love.
1: Absolutely. And traveling. I enjoy being outside and just, like, seeing, like, beautiful landscape, like, that, like I will never forget when I went to the Red Rocks in Sedona Mm. like that Mm. that to me was one of the most like beautiful places I've ever seen in my life it was just pretty
0: breathtaking
1: oh my god I I will never forget I mean I've seen like that was like breathtaking for me and when I went to go see the 12 apostles in Australia I'll never forget that was oh my gosh what an
0: experience I would that I've I've looked at that before. I'm like, Ooh, I really need to go do something like that. Yeah.
1: It's unbelievable. I mean, I didn't see much of Australia, but the parts that I did see Australia, New Zealand were awesome. Uh, That's
0: on my bucket list. You
1: have to go. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I have to just endure the crazy flight and just
1: do it. Yeah, that part really <laughs> sucks, but I'd recommend breaking it up if you can so that you're oh, not yeah. doing it all at once because, oh, my God, it's it's a long flight.
0: Yeah, I, that's, I'm trying to read. That's a good idea. Break it up. Like, duh. Like, you could definitely not have to make a straight jam for that place. You could actually go somewhere else in
1: between. Oh, so. you should. Yeah, I would go bananas if I had to be on a plane that long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Brooke, oh my gosh, it was so lovely to
0: chat with you and just kind of get more of an insight. I mean, now I'm just going to understand you so much more when I see you on the interwebs and I will be fangirling from Iowa to all the stuff that you're doing. I think you're doing such a fantastic job and I look forward to connecting with you in person.
1: I look forward to connecting with you in person and it has been a pleasure to be invited on your podcast. You are awesome.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right, my dear. Oh, you're so lovely. I love chatting with you. <laughs> I love chatting with you too. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I you know, it's funny how you can just tell like dietitians that totally just have the same vibes as you do. And I know it's like through <laughs> through Instagram, but I'm like, oh yeah, I love this girl. She's like got her shit together. She <laughs> is totally aligned with the way I think about, you know, working with clients. And yeah, I there's few of us sometimes, I think. I, so
1: 100% agree with that and I knew I was gonna love you because Nicole loves you <laughs> <laughs> see it just was all meant to be <laughs> no seriously I was like okay like Nicole has just said like the nicest things about you uh, and I've listened to your podcast and I love the one that you do with her and Dean yes I do like too. oh my god and <laughs> what is it is it Carrie Carrie yeah. yeah I those podcasts are so good I love them <laughs> I um, know but again They're like priceless oh I (laughs) love I love them and like I I love Dave and Nicole's voices like Uh, their podcast is hysterical but like they have the most perfect voices for podcasts I feel they do
0: they do and I do I love their podcast oh my god I can't get enough of it I'm like you guys need to record more episodes for me because I need this to drive to work every day
1: oh my god absolutely (laughs) and and where where do you work for your job
0: Yeah. So I work for a retail, I'm in grocery. So I work for a retailer in the Midwest called Hy-Vee. Oh, I've heard of them. Okay. Yep. So I'm on their corporate dietitian team. So I mostly, I work with clients, but I mostly do a lot of their work site wellness and employee health. So. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's, it's been good. I've been with them for about 14 years. So I did the grind in the grocery store for
1: quite a long time and now I'm kind of transitioning out of that. So it's been good. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I had at one point I had applied to work for a chain near us. I'm sure, you know, Shoprite. Yes. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they had, and I think like they were kind of like one of the first people or companies rather to have dietitians on staff, like, and do like the whole dietitian and store and stuff. Like, I don't know, I might be wrong, but I think they were, I think they, yep. Them and I think
0: giant, well, it was Giant Eagle at the time, and now they're giant. But yeah, they those two stores stra- changed. They had dietitians on staff long, long time ago.
1: I and I think that's so cool. Um, and like I had at one point applied to work with them, and they had offered me the job, but I ended up, I guess, staying with whatever I was currently doing at the time. But I think that's a really cool concept, though. I like that. It is. It's kind of it's kind of different. It's way better than clinical. That's what I did before. And I hated it. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly, I never
0: want to go back. I don't. No, I won't. I just won't be a dietitian then if I ever had to go back to clinical, I just be like, I'm done. That's, no, amen. I'd, amen yeah. to that. <laughs> yep. I'd just be done. I'd be like, I'm gonna go work at Starbucks. Peace out.
1: Oh Hi. yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Maybe we can both work at Starbucks <laughs> together. That would be pretty amazing. I don't even care how much I get paid. I just don't want to be a clinical <laughs> dietitian. No, I honestly know. And I mean, I, I can't go back there. I was really miserable when I was in clinical. So it's just not for me, but it, it is rewarding in its own way. It's just not yeah. my thing.
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad that you, I'm, for the, for all purposes, I'm glad COVID happened. So you were able to find something that was not clinical so you would be happy
1: thank you thank you so much <laughs> yes. I'm yes. I, and I am happy
0: good <laughs> thank you, That's so good I think Brooke is a badass she takes such a great practical realistic approach to helping her clients with their success and that doesn't mean it has to be necessarily weight loss but just finding that overall health component in their lives and you know, sometimes crazy things like a pandemic really make you realize what you want to do when you grow up. And I think Brooke has sincerely found that passion, and she's rocking it. So if you don't follow Brooke, make sure to go follow her on the social interwebs, and all that is found in the show notes. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.